Hello, listeners. Welcome to my podcast show. This is your host, Isaiah Nenny, and this is the Game Time Gazette, where we're talking all sports, including Formula One, UFC, boxing, NBA, NFL, NHL, and more. Let's have some fun. Let's get ready. Good morning, people of the world. This is your host, Isaiah Nenny. This is the Game Time Gazette. I thank you for joining me on another beautiful day uh, to talk some sports, to just uh, go through what happened last night go through some things that are going to be happening today. We got some NBA coming back, uh, MLB, finally getting the first spring games. Um, you know, so we got some baseball coming back, rolling along. F1 continued their day two of uh, testing. So F1 is amping up more and more and more. Uh, NHL, uh, they've been playing all week. Got some more NHL games today. Got a full slate again tonight. <clears throat> yeah, so let's just dive into it. Let's just get going into it. Um, you know, first let's talk about the Champions League games that happened last night. Um, Barcelona against Napoli ended 1-1. Uh, you know, it was it, it was one of those games where you just, honestly, as a Barca fan, I'm disappointed with the result because felt as if Barca should have gotten up the win. Um, you know, dominated that first half possession-wise, uh, attacking-wise, just controlled the pace of the game. Uh, just weren't able to get into the back of the net. Uh, seeing Gundogan get a, a, a good opportunity, seeing Lamine Yamal get a great opportunity in that first half as well, and Lewandowski get a good opportunity in that first half. Just wasn't able to get into the back of the net, which was disappointing. But come out in the second half with a lot more force, a lot more fire, was able to score uh, within the first 15 minutes, you know, scored in that 60, 60 at 61-minute mark. Uh, and Lewandowski got a great ball from Pedri, I mean, it was it was just great. Like it was, you know, a great play, a great, you know, finish by Lewandowski. And then at that point, you were thinking Basta was going to control the game. Basta was going to finish out the game and win the game. But then, yeah, I mean, on the other side, fifteen minutes later, Inigo Martinez gambles on a ball. You know, Osimhen is getting a, a through ball, and then he gambles. He tries to jump and tries to jump in front of Osimhen. Osimhen overpowers him, man, and you know gets uh, an open an open view at the keeper. Finishes, you know. Osimhen's a serial finisher. Like you give him that opportunity, it's hard for him to miss right there. Um, as soon as I seen the gamble by Inigo Martinez, I knew it was over and it was gonna be one one. And that was into you know Napoli was getting so lucky because they didn't even have any. They, they weren't doing much. Barca was defending them well as well. And then after that point, Barca just lost their confidence, lost their momentum, and it was Napoli to end off the game just with all the attacking and everything, which was really disappointing. That last 15 minutes from Barcelona was really, really disappointing. You know, this whole season has kind of been like a whirlwind, you know, with the, I mean, you got you got the media forcing Xavi out. You got uh, the media saying that De Jong is earning 40 mil a year. You got, like, just so much drama, you know, so much drama. It's been so much drama since Messi has left, even when Messi was here. Uh, you know who I blame? I blame Bartomeu. I blame Bartomeu. That guy was, that guy is a criminal, man. He's a criminal, man. He, he came, bad mind guy, came to ruin the club. I don't know why. I really don't know why, man. Came to ruin the club. And those five, six years that Barca was under his presidency, uh, man, we're, we're, those were five of five, six years of the worst, worst time of Barcelona. Not because well, we weren't winning, but because of the impact that those five, six years had towards, you know, now. And 
everything that's happened. Jose, Josep Maria Batameu. Guy's a criminal. Tax fraud with the, the, the signing of Neymar. Tax fraud with the signing of this guy. Tax fraud with the signing. This guy's a criminal. A criminal. That ruined my club, put my club back 10, 15 years. Where we're not even able to buy any any players. You know, we haven't been able to buy players in the last like five years, bro. Such a hard time. That's why Laporta is the best president in all of sports. I mean, being able to get things done with the Barcelona wage bill that we have right now, it's it's impossible. And he's still able to get it done. He's able to make the impossible possible. That's why I call him the best. Barca's wage bill is two hundred and four million. Real Madrid's is seven hundred and twenty-seven million. The, 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 the difference in disparity, yeah, it's one, it's because, you know, President Tebas is a is 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 a Madrid fan. You know, the president of the La Liga, he's a Madrid fan. That's one reason for sure. You know, definitely helping them out in a, in in a few ways. But Madrid handled their finances well. Jose Maria Batemeu. He did not. He did not at all. He did not at all. Waste you. He's a waste you. That's what he is, man. That's what he is. Ah, but yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. I don't want to spend the whole time talking about this guy and what he did to my car. That's sad times, man. Sad times. Barcelona will improve. We'll get back into where well, you know, buying top players again and being able to just afford them without struggling is what it is. Not this year, but next year. I mean we're making them as well. You know, we got the Yamas, we got the the Pedris, the Gavis, you know. We are making them. We're making them in La Masia. Mark Giu, he's he's looking like a next great striker, you know, sixteen, seven I mean he's you know, eighteen, eighteen. So we're making them as well in La Masia. So it's gonna be interesting to see. But yeah, now that that second, uh, I mean, that whole that whole match for Barca, I mean, that second half, really disappointing. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting when they come to the uh, Estadio Olimpico. Um, it's not it's not Camp Nou, but it's our home, right? And, you know, we'll see. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see if we're going to be able to um, just get them and be able to beat them and, and hold the lead. I mean, that was a disappointing disappointing um you know second i mean after we scored the goal you know the, our defense has been our back line's been our worst part of our team or one of the worst parts of our team this year especially after last season where we only allowed like 25 goals and it was it's it's yeah it's it's a lot it's really a lot you know um injuries have something to do with that for sure but the way the players have just been playing it's just not been great i mean that that gamble with Inigo Martinez you know, you really can't just live on that. Things happen like that, and it is what it is. To be honest, he took that gamble. What if he won that gamble? Barca would have won the game one nothing, right? So, um, it's just a tough decision to make. I mean, that was such a gamble. Like it was just you, Osima. I mean, yeah, it's it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. The next game that happened uh, in the Champions League last night was. Arsenal versus Porto. Um, you know, it was a very back and forth game. Seemed like the game was going to get tied up and just go um, to that second leg, zero zero. Um, you know, Arsenal had their chances, weren't able to, you know, have that clinical finish though. Not able to get the, you know, any shots on target throughout the night. 
Porto, though, at the end of the night, I mean, you know, with having less possession, significantly less possession, and, you know, with having the ball significantly less, they were able to get the lead in the 95th minute with a bang of a goal. <laughs> I mean, I seen it from Galen on, from Galen on, you know, it, it was all over social media. You know, that was, that was, that was, that was different. That was different. I love seeing that as well. I mean, look, it looked such an off angle as well. That's why I caught the keeper. You know, it was such an off angle, power, speed, definitely going to be a Puskas uh, contender this year. You know, one of the best goals I've seen this year, like at least, you know, personally, one of the best goals I've seen this year. Um. Yeah, and, and for Arsenal, this is just the same old Arsenal in the Champions League, right? Arsenal, I seen a stat that Arsenal uh, has, like, they're beating up Premier League opponents right now. And, like, their last five Premier League games, they're outscoring their opponents 21-2. to 21-2. to two. They are beating up their opponents in the Prem right now. But, you know, you get to Champions League, they dropped they, they dropped the game in the... In the um, I believe they dropped the game in the, in the group stage. Let me just double check that because yeah, like it was what yeah they lost to Lens. They lost to Lens two one. You know they were still able to get out of their group in first, but you know they they they've they've had some they've had some miscues, and yesterday was another one, and yesterday was a big miscue as well because when you get to the round of sixteen. Hey, this is where it gets tight. And that's the thing about the Champions League because the margin of error is so low for every team in the competition. Even if you're one of... I remember, you guys, if you have been watching or hearing me for the last few days, I've been saying that Arsenal is one of the top four teams left in the Champions League. That was before the match with Porto even happened. And they still are, regardless of the result, you know. It's just that in the Champions League, it's a different animal. A lot of things go on you know, it's 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 easier to win the Champions League than it is to win your league. Because, like, you don't have to have the same type of consistency. You could have a stroke of luck. And, I mean, for the other team, like Arsenal, you could just have an off game where you just it's just not there. And then a Porto one nothing win. I mean, all the pressure's on Arsenal now, right? All the pressure's on Arsenal now to get that win. And I believe that they're going... Uh, let's see where the second game is. But, like, you know, all the pressure... Yeah, okay, they're going to be at home. Arsenal's going to be at home. But doesn't change the fact that the pressure is all on Arsenal. You know, crazy, crazy. Um, Let's talk a little bit about NHL. Or actually, before we get to NHL recap. No, wait, actually, we'll do NHL recap. I'm over here bouncing up and forth. I was going to talk some F1, but I will do that right after. Because I'm just going to, we're just going to talk about the Leafs game. I mean... It was the Maple Leafs against the Coyotes. Austin Matthews sets record with 50th goal. Uh, he became the fastest U.S.-born player to reach the mark in a season. I mean, he got, you know, got two goals, so he had 51. And, I mean, impressive, impressive. Just shouting out uh, Connor McDavid uh, going again for another 60-goal season. Ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. And breaking records while he's doing it. 51 goals in 54 games. Nine in his past four. Guys on fire. He's on fire. And, um, yeah, I mean, these last few years as well, he's been just putting the the puck in the back of the net. He's been a very good player for the Leafs, though. They just haven't been able to put it all together. You know, you just hope that this is the year 
I mean, they get to the playoffs and everything changes. They're, they're the scoring, I mean, they're, they're just decisive edge. Their cutting edge is just gone. And you don't know why. You don't know why. Last year was much better, though. And I feel like that's a building, the building based from improvement. I, um, you know, it's not the same type of organization. But I look at the Detroit Lions. You know, I'm not saying that the, the Leafs obviously are a good regular season team. They win games in the regular season, this and that. It's just when they get to the playoffs. But I use the Detroit Lions as an example because the Detroit Lions for so many years sucked. They stunk up the joint, you know, and they, they had a good few years, obviously, with Coach MCDC. They had a good a few years with, like, just uh, building a foundation of, okay, this is how we're going to build our team. This is how we're going to be playing. This is the edge that we're going to play on, this and that. Like, this is our identity, right? And um, I feel like that's the same thing that's been happening. And they were able to make the the uh, conference championship this this past year in the playoffs in the NFL, right? So for the for the for the for the Maple Leafs, I feel like they're on that same type of uh, you know trajectory, you know, building building up from from uh, just you know all these disappointing years that they've had, you know, in the playoffs and just trying to build on that, trying to improve on that right and make themselves better you know Sheldon Keefe has gotten so much you know slack so much uh what are we gonna say so much um uh I don't know so much yeah so much crap man it's gotten so much crap saying that you know shouldn't have um you know I mean just all of these, you know, just about him not being able to win with the Leafs, right? Right, and, you know, are they going to move on from him? You know, are, what, what's going to happen? You know, like, not trusting him. And he's not, he's the longest-reigning head coach in the, NF, in the NHL after the Senators dismissed DJ Smith last year, right? And um, you like to see that. You like to see that the organization had trusted him because – you know he's building on something. You like to see that it's that's that's a good sign as well. It's a good sign as well, right? But it's gonna be interesting. I mean, going into the playoffs, you hope that they keep this cutting edge. You know, Matthews continues scoring his goals because last year against the Panthers, they just weren't able to score. They just weren't able to get the puck into the back of the net. Panthers able to hold them down. I mean. Some of those games are really surprising. Uh, I mean, the Leafs that scored so many goals in the regular season got into this Panther series and scored like six goals, bro. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy. But we're we're going to see, I mean, this year is, you know, improvement for the Leafs. They're looking much better. I know everybody's still saying, okay, it's the same old Leafs. But, man, they're looking much better, much more improved, much more cutting edge, much more around the board depth as well, right? So... It's going to be interesting to see if they're able to continue this in the playoffs. Obviously, I think that, you know, they'll have a great chance of doing it, you know, especially with, you know, Matthews has been just getting better and better and better and better. Even though he had a great year last year, I think this is, you know, he's even better this year. He's even better this year. And that was one of the best seasons uh, scoring-wise in NHL history. So, yeah, quick talk on that. Let's get on to some F1 talks real quick. Um, we got the, we're still in the uh, just testing sessions of it all. Um, uh, yeah, the, I mean, as I'm, as I am 
filming or as I'm recording right now, filming is, I mean, practice testing, uh, there's still like an hour left. Um, we're seeing, uh, you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these cars get go longer runs. I was watching for just, just for Louis, if he's going to do a long run. And, um, what do you know? He did. He was, he's been doing long runs all day. Um, as I check the times though, it seems that he kind of amped up the pressure a little bit on himself. He kind of opened it up a little bit and, um, yeah, but even then, uh, nobody is, nobody's, nobody's running the pace. Everybody's, everybody's behind on the pace uh, from last year. I guess Carlos Sainz is running the pace of what it would be pole last year, but we all know that like, you know, that's just all these cars are a second faster than last year. Even the Haas is a second faster than the Haas last year. Right. So times are pretty misleading in that, in that sense, when you just look at it and say, oh, okay, like just because uh, you don't know what the, you don't know. Yeah. Like the one, two, one, two, nine from Carlos Sainz. Um, was I believe it would have been good for second last season. Let me just double check that. Cause that was that was yeah, the one two it's something that like because last night, you know, Verstappen was lapping the field. He was like a second, he ended like a second, one point one seconds. Uh ahead of the pace like he like nobody like 1.1 seconds ahead of the next person up i think that was uh i think it was leclerc and you know everyone's like oh yeah and but the thing is you know that everybody was off the pace last night everyone was even verstappen was two seconds off the the pace last year um you know so that's the one thing that i look at and it was like oh like i see you know like Yeah, I, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, I don't know. I don't know. For Mercedes, though, it looks like they're going through the heavy, you know, just doing long runs, doing those, those long times. Um, doesn't seem like they're uh, showing a lot of their hand right now, which is promising. You really don't know, though, because like I said, everybody's not showing their hand, right? But. It looks like the Mercedes, especially with that front wing and the FIA saying, uh, to be honest, we'll just see, have to see how it performs before we ban it. It might seem that like the Mercedes is probably, you know, a lot quicker this year. You hope so. Um, just with the, all the things they're working with, the aerodynamics, trying to get that dirty air, you know, because that's really what the what the front wing is trying to do, right? Trying to get a lot less dirty air and move it away from the face of the, move it away from the front of the car. You know, move it to the sides, move it like just uh, outside. If you get what I'm saying, like, like a fan, like imagine a fan. How do I explain this? I don't even know how to explain this properly, honestly. But like, just trying to get the air on the outside of the car instead of in inside type, right? Um, trying to fan it out, trying to fan it out. But we're seeing that, you know. Because last year as well, you know, just, I mean, for for Red Bull, they're just a step ahead. I mean, the aerodynamic the department and they're, they're just a step ahead. We're seeing all the, their 
you know, their vertical side pods, that new concept that they came up with and how it's working. That's trying to get the dirty air as well, like all of it. Right. And they got the, they got big, huge gaping holes around, around the, the halo, um, just behind the halo, sorry, in the middle. And then like, it just like the, the shards and then they just got a gaping hole, gaping hole. So you're interested to see how the air is just going to go through other cars. It goes through, um, you know, all the, all the times that it needs to go through. Uh, I think Louis just finally, yeah, he's, he's out here doing another, uh, fast lap Louis is. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, going back into the pits, Excited to see, though. Excited to see. I mean, I'm hoping that, like I said yesterday, I'm hoping that Mercedes is able to, or Mercedes has been able to give Lewis Hamilton a car to be able to compete against uh, Max Verstappen. Because we already know, you know, uh, in this regulation regulation uh, life cycle, it's been two years. Uh, it's been two, three years. It's going to be interesting to see, um, especially as the season is ramping up. We're going to be, we're going to get a better idea of, where these cars actually stand um because if you do keep up with f1 you know that yeah the testing is what it is it's testing um they're not gonna no team even williams isn't gonna show their hand during testing you know and that's just the way things are that's just the way things are done right um yeah so as the as next week rolls around and you know day three is tomorrow um, as day three rolls around maybe we get a little bit more uh, faster lap times, uh, you know, less uh, cars go out there with less fuel, um, you know, faster tires, uh, all that fun stuff. As that ha- starts to happen, we'll get a better idea of where Mercedes, where Ferrari, how far or how close they are to Red Bull. Because last year it was it wasn't it wasn't close at all. It was not close at all. <laughs> um. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I uh, just wanted to preview the NBA games tonight as well. We got a full slate of NBA games finally coming back after that, all that All-Star, uh, all the All-Star festivities. We're starting the second half of the season. We're starting the second half of the season. So we're on the home stretch now. You know, for teams that are tanking, uh, this is the home stretch. Got to lose as much games as you can, trying to get the best possible position in in the table so if you don't if the if the balls don't bounce your way uh, you could at least get you know still i mean a higher higher pick at least be set from what your record is and i say this because i'm a toronto raptors fan as you may well know and right now the toronto raptors have the sixth worst record in the nba that could change. That could change, right? Because of, you know, we just, uh, I mean, we're just a, a game ahead of, I mean, Memphis is just a game ahead of us. Um, so, you know, it's not, or half, well, Memphis is half a game ahead of us, honestly. Yeah. So it's not something that and Memphis has sucked all year, just like we've sucked, just like we have. So anything could really happen. Uh, it's not set in stone, but yeah, hoping the Raptors lose as much games as possible in these last 27 because we're not going to make the playoffs. And even if we do make the playoffs, we're not going to do anything really in the playoffs. Really want this to set, get a really nice young player, a top six talent, at least hoping for better than top six, but at least, uh, you know, top six talent. I seen the ESPN mock draft. Ooh, 
you know, the, the, the episode where I'm going to be talking about the 2024, you know, draft and going, I mean, that's going to be one of the most fun episodes. I promise you that just like looking at the, the way everything's just shaking up. I mean, everybody's saying this is a weak draft. I honestly, truly do not believe that. Like with my whole heart, I truly do not believe that. Um, the last ESPN mock draft had Nikola Topic from Red Star. Uh, he's the Serbian PG guy's a dimer. He's a dimer. He like he's the next. He's the next white chocolate. I mean, he's a dimer. And they had him go into the Raptors at six. And the, the weird thing about that is, is if you go to Tankathon, Nikola Topic is the second. Um, the, the second best prospect for them. Obviously, all these different sites have their own opinion because, yeah, the, all these different sites have different scouts. ESPN has their scouts. Tankathon has their scouts. And um, we won't really know until they get on the floor. But, I mean, you see Nikola Topic's game, you know, scoring-wise, doesn't really have a great three-point shot. But on the interior, be able to get onto the interior has great, um, you know, mid-range mid-range ability able to yeah finish around the rim really well uh obviously the best part of his game is that he's a dimer you know and he's also going to be coming into the league at 18 pretty young able to mold him obviously you know i don't want to get too into it but if the raptors are able to get a player like that it's just you know that's why you know top six top six talents and there's there's some great players in this draft that we will go over here on the Game Time Gazette as we get closer to the draft. But since since it's just draft time right now, and um, I mean, not draft time, since it's just the start of the second half of the season, we'll still follow the NBA as we get closer to the end of the season and see where the teams are kind of lining up. We'll start talking about the draft. Okay, but the Raptors are racing the Nets today. Nets firing. Jack Vaughn, we talked about this on last pod or, the, or two pods ago. Um... This is the first, first, uh, first game for a head coach or assistant turned into head coach, and you know after being on the game time elite, all of this and that, and overtime elite. I'm sorry, you know, just getting a new coach, trying to get a new, um, you know, Kevin Ollie former uh, UConn head coach, former overtime elite head coach. He's the interim head coach. Um, being able to go and, uh, yeah, get, get an opportunity to, I mean, the Nets right now, they stand, I, I believe, 10th in the, in the East, 11th in the East, three games back, three and a half games back from, or two and a half games back from the Hawks. Not not been having a great season. We've talked about how it just doesn't even make any sense what they're really doing. I mean, that's another team that I, if I'm the Nets, just lose as many games as possible. Try and get a better pick. Don't see them make. I mean, they could make the play-in though. They're right there for the play-in. Like that's 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 what it is, right? They're right there for the play-in. But even if they do make the play-in, uh, I really don't see them having an impact in this playoffs this year. We'll see how Kevin Ollie does. And, you know, it's always uh, when you hire a new manager, uh, you get that kind of, uh, you know, new life in a team. So we'll see how the Nets do as well. Maybe they get, maybe they get on a win streak here tonight. That's one of those games. Just, just wanted to comment on the Raptors a little bit. Want them to lose. 
trying to get the best draft pick possible. But we got good NBA games like that actually matter towards the standings. So we got the Knicks against the Sixers. Joel Embiid, OG, and Julius Randle are still out. So that one right there in the spread is like a one and a half two. The last the last I seen. So it's books are predicting it's gonna be a close game. Um I honestly see I mean, I, I've seen the Sixers without Joel Embiid and kind of look discom- as discombobulated, even though they're able to stay in games, stay close at the end of games. They don't kind they obviously, you know, they don't have their guy, the guy, the go-to guy that they always go to and finish it off, the games off with. But, yeah, that's a, that's a problem, especially with the Knicks, because the Knicks go-to guy is going to be in the lineup, Jalen Brunson. Um, so if it's close at the end, I see the Knicks ecking it out just because, like, they have a player that could, you know, finish out games in Jalen Brunson. Like, I expect that from Tyrese, but not really an expectation from Tyrese. Like, he's he's able to drop points, but when to get to the end of the game, he's really passive, trying to get others involved. And I understand that because that's not his role. Obviously, Joel Embiid being, being in the team, obviously, you know, that's Joel Embiid's role. But you just don't see that cutting edge from him at the end of games uh, i was watching i believe it was against uh was it against the hawks their last game no it was against the heat heat without uh jimmy butler as well just bam out of bio and at the end of the game tyler hero was the one able to make plays you know for the heat and being able to make some shots and you seen just tyrese passive 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 it is what it is but that's, you know, if it's close at the end of the game, I see the Knicks ecking it out. You got Suns and Mavericks. That's going to be a good one as well. Always a good one where Devin Booker and uh, and uh, Luka go up against each other. Always get some fireworks. And, yeah, those guys, they, they got a kind of respectful rivalry. You know, don't really like each other too much. So that's going to be a fun game to watch. And you got Clippers and Thunder. Got, you know, Shea going up against his old team. Shea going up against the team that traded him. I do not until this day. I mean, it makes sense for the Thunder. And the Clippers were able to make a deep playoff run. Still not able to get that chip. So, you know, it's one of them ones where you... And Shea's a future player as well. One of them, one, one of those trades where, you know, obviously Shea wasn't what he was at the time that they traded him for PG. And he wasn't the only one part of that trade, but... I mean, he's an MVP candidate. He's the leading MVP candidate today, in my opinion. Averaging, what, 33 points per game. OKC is, what, second in the West after being in purgatory and last for how long? Yeah, yeah. That's going to be a fun one to watch. That's going to be a fun one to watch. And I'll be here tomorrow to just break it down, analyze, and tell you guys everything about all the games, F1. I'll be talking about some MLB spring games um, as we got some tonight. So we'll be talking about that tomorrow um, as we get them back into baseball season, hockey, soccer, all of that and more. I thank you guys so much for listening on another day. It's been your host, Isaiah Aneni. This has been the Game Time Gazette. As always, I hope God answers every single one of your prayers. Stay blessed. Stay humble. Tell your loved ones you love them. Today's going to be a good day. You're going to have some fun. I'm going to have some fun. Let's just keep living life. All righty.